Hello, and welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss the future of the beauty and wellness industries with the people who know them best. I'm your host, Priya Rao, beauty editor at Glossy. And today's guest is April Uchitel, the CEO of luxury beauty retailer, Violet Gray. In this episode, we talk to April about how Violet Gray uses curation and exclusives to stand out against other retailers, how editorial content is making luxury feel more accessible to their consumers, and how she plans to build brand awareness for the company in 2019. Hope you enjoy the episode. Today on the Glossy Beauty Podcast, we have April Uchitel, the CEO of Violet Gray. Welcome, April. Hello. So, April, you landed at Violet Gray in late 2017. When you got there, what did you see the opportunity was for the company? So I was a huge fan of Violet Gray before I got to Violet Gray, but I had never really shopped Violet Gray. Um, so I really wanted to unpack that. Um, you know, that led me to uncover many of our foundational pillars that if I wasn't aware of them, I'm sure our audience wasn't aware of them. And so what we've really done is, you know, dig into these pillars to make sure that we can animate them, bring um, visibility to some of the things that we assume are straightforward that may not be. So obviously curation being number one, um, you know, everybody's a curator. I think for us, what we really do is work hard to edit out the noise and find the best in every category. So we do the work that you don't have to. Um, this leads us down, you know, discovery. And as a multi-brand retailer, we also need to differentiate ourselves through our product offering. So exclusives, things that you can't find anywhere else, um, things that are made by female founders. 60% of our offering is um, by female-founded um, entrepreneurs and things that can differentiate us in the space. Our Violet Code, which is our seal of approval, this is something completely unique to us. It's kind of like we're the Rotten Tomatoes of beauty. <laughs> so this is where we work with a committee, um, which I'll speak to a little bit as well, that really do vet and test all of our products. So it's not just a buyer going to a showroom or going into a, you know, a market appointment and picking product. Once we've identified holes or opportunities, we then get samples sent to our committee who test the products. And then they fill out a survey, um, and it has to get a 70% or above thumbs up from the majority of that the testing group in order to make our shelves. So this is something that really speaks to trust, um, which honestly is our core product, the integrity of what we're building, and something that nobody else does. Um, the committee is definitely the most influential part of the Violet Code and something that, again, people may not really know and understand. And so that's a huge focus for us to really kind of bring the people behind the committee to the forefront. Uh, we use artist quotes all the time, so you get a sense of who's on that committee. But to really illustrate that process is something that we want to do through content as well as being able to profile more and more of these committee members. Um, they also are authorities in their space. And for the, our audience to really understand who is doing this testing is really powerful. Obviously, the content, you know, Violet Gray is really known for our um, aesthetic, our voice. We're a little sexy. We're a little cheeky. We're kind of in that 70s Helmut Newton um, interview magazine vibe. And it's, you know, really powerful and people really connect to it. And so building, able to build a brand that has an identifiable and recognizable voice is not easy. Um, so that's something that we are, you know, really protective of and, you know, manage so that it's always on brand for Violet Gray, but that's also one of our unique properties. People try and, you know, kind of copy that all the time. Um, I know our Instagram is really the first place you can go to get that inspiration. And then when you dig in to the Violet Files, one of our editorial properties is where you can really see some of our cover stories and all of the work that we do with, you know, editors, um, influencers, celebrities, and, and top talent. 
And then experiential retail. So, you know, all of us are D2C versus retail, you know, that balance between online and offline. And for us, our Melrose Place store was a really unique property. And when I first walked in, you know, it's this gorgeous space um, on Melrose Place that feels like a French apartment. So we really mirrored it after the Dior salons, you know, the fashion salons in Paris, where you walked into this very intimate space. There's a gorgeous marble fireplace. Um, it was designed by Bill Sofield. It really, you feel transported. There's a beautiful garden in the back. And that can be intimidating. You know, you walk down a little aisle into a little store and, you know, it's 700 square feet. And so being able to make sure that we also humanize that space so it's super welcoming. Um, we reset that team recently to ensure that there was enough customer service and enough space so that, you know, some people want to be, um, you know, handheld through the process. Other people don't want anyone to talk to them. And, you know, it's hard in a small space to be able to, to do both. And we've really found the right balance. And people come in and they, you know, they don't want to leave. Um, we also activate that space through programming and we've done fireside chats and a lot of our brand founders come in and they all want to show up in that space in LA. So they'll do tutorials, um, kind of like, you know, takeovers to a certain degree and meet with our VAP customers there. And then lastly, you know, this unprecedented access, you know, which is something that we also have that is super, super unique to us, you know, between our committee, our community, um, the Hollywood beauty culture that we were born in, you know, is really the backbone of Violet Gray where we knew that, you know, those celebrities had access to these artists that were telling them all the tips, the best doctors, the best dermatologists, the best products, the best beauty hacks. Um, and that's what we wanted to bring our audience into is that unprecedented access. So, April, that's, um, you know, a lot to kind of unpack when you first got there. Totally. <laughs> so when you think about, like, kind of what the priorities were um, back then and what the priorities are now, like, wh- how has that changed? How has that evolved? You know, it's really been, you know, the priorities haven't changed. It's funny. You know, when I look back even through old decks, you know, it's all the same. You know, it's really this foundational pillars. What we're doing now is really heightening the exposure um, to the ones that we think are critical. You know, some curation, somewhat self-explanatory, but really understanding, like, what that process looks like. You know, you can imagine we get inundated with products every single day. Um, to be able to go through that, to obviously, from a business perspective, you know, look at the opportunities through, um, you know, category fills, you know, performance-based, you know, what's what ancillary categories are trending. We're big in skincare, and so we continue to get a lot of skincare. And obviously, you don't want to cannibalize what you have. You don't want to offer too much, and it's but it's still about the best. And so, you know, making sure that all of these pillars have been, you know, identified and have strong owners behind them and are really being pushed in the story. So it's really about the ecosystem. You know, it's a lot. You know, we do stuff that no other retailer does that is time intensive and capital intensive to be able to pro- provide the best value to the consumer. And we need that consumer to kind of understand what that process is. It reinforces the trust and the credibility on all sides. So, you know, knowing there's a committee, when you go into the store, they tell you about, you know, did you know that all these products have been approved? And the, did you know that we also have a website? And the, did you know, you know, and so I think it's been connecting the dots between all these and doing this more, um, I through a content lens. So what we want to start to do is really show this process. So if you imagine a table of, you know, hundreds of mascaras and then we edit it down to these best five, it's really powerful. You know, that's where you can really see the work that goes in to all the products that we, you know, from an ingredients perspective, from a, um, efficacy perspective, packaging, you know, what's the founder story? Is there, you know, a clean element? Is there a sustainable element? All these things factor into why and who we choose. And then it's on the content team to really tell that story. 
Um, and then, you know, getting the flywheel turning through that customer journey once they get to the website, however they discovered us, to make sure that they understand, you know, why we're different than a Sephora or a Net-A-Porter, you know, in terms of all the extra things that we do to really provide the best um, products, but also the best inspiration, education, um, understanding of the space. And we know you don't have time to do that, and we want to do that for you. So when you think about that, you know, the prestige space is obviously very crowded. Um, Violet Gray has kind of owned that for a while. But, you know, there are, you know, Ulta is dipping more into prestige. Mm -hmm. Sephora is going lower. Net-A-Porter has a mix of offerings. How do you kind of get that um, voice and communication clearly out to a customer when she has less time, when she isn't as interested from what we hear from all the market data. Right. I think, you know, again, it's just, it's about the best. So what, what we really see is that we want to help her with her cosmetic wardrobe, you know? And so if you think about everyone has a beauty routine, everyone, um, you know, we all want the best. No one would say, no, I'm sorry, I don't want the best, you know? And if it's about price, you know, we're price agnostic, even though we obviously are a luxury and our AOV is, is, you know, pretty, pretty high. Um, it's a matter of the best. So we have, you know, things that are $10 and under, you know, in terms of French pharmacy. We also have, you know, many accessible masks and things under $30. And then we have things, you know, upwards of $300. And it's a matter of helping her navigate, you know, based on her needs and her, you know, her own budget, how we help her find the best. Um, that differentiates us in a way because we kind of really focus on hero products. You know, we don't carry full catalog, which is something that all the other retailers do. And that was something, you know, that was hard to do in the beginning. You know, the stores, you know, the brands don't want to let you cherry pick their offering. But if you break it down to nobody's offering is the best, not everything in that catalog is the best. And most of these brands, it's the 80-20 rule. You know, they do 80% of their sales on 20% of their catalog. And so we basically go for that 20% so that we take the edit of the best from that brand and we add it to our edit, you know, across the board. And so that's really where we're different. Um, we're not built like the other brand, you know, re retail partners in those same kind of margin agreements in the world of, you know, the profitability analysis because we bring so much influence and so much value that brands look at us on both sides. So we have a commerce component, but we really are a media company at the same time. And so what we do find is that we help sell products for other retailers. So a lot of what happens is you'll discover a brand of Violet Gray but you may want to use your loyalty points at Sephora. And so for us, what the challenge is, is having exclusive options so that there's a reason to check out on Violet Gray. But we also know that that's a value prop for our brands to be able to elevate their brand and their in the industry, um, the profile and their positioning. And that's something that you know allows us to cherry pick their catalog because they understand that there's a bigger opportunity. So talk to me a little bit about exclusivity, because, I mean, it's something that's really difficult today, because you mm -hmm. can't find beauty anywhere, everywhere, you know. For all the rules that Sephora and Alta have played for a long time, you know, those are kind of being challenged, because indie brands don't necessarily want to do that. Right. How are you guys able to? Well, we, you know, again, it goes back to this influence, and, you know, you want to be... Um, partnering with people that elevate you, right? And so I think everyone sees us kind of as like the Vogue. You know, if you think about back in the day, you know, if you if you launch or got an article on Vogue, like the all doors open. Um, we have that same influence. And, you know, you get the phone call from Sephora, from um, a distributor internationally, from, you know, people that want to help you, you know, your PR companies want to take you. It, it just opens a lot of doors. So for us, that exclusive window really allows us to put the marketing behind it. So we all know... Content is not cheap. Um, you know, margins in retail are what they are. And so to be able to do that well, there has to be a bigger opportunity. And for exclusives, we can get behind. We see a huge lift, obviously, on our own channel. And it really does set them up. You know, it creates a sense of urgency. 
obviously being on the brand side for many, many years in fashion and being you know asked by every retailer to give an exclusive every season, it's really hard to do. Um, you don't want to cannibalize your opportunity for volume growth because you're you know kind of pigeonholed in a smaller volume business for too long. You know, back in the day, Bar- that was Barney's model. You know, and I went through that. I was at Diamond Furstenberg and very much you know meant I mentored a lot of designers in the CFDA incubator program and saw over and over how they got stuck in these long term deals where they couldn't grow their business anywhere else. That's not what we want to do with our partners. And so. Allowing us to have a short-term window, it can be a month, it can be two months, it can be six months. Um, we launched Augustinus Botter in this way, and they were a UK-based brand. We were the only place you could get it in the U.S., and we really work with them strategically on a lot of aspects, you know, from like pricing to packaging to um, just thinking through the distribution strategy in the future, but really the content strategy, like how do you land in L.A.? What is the story we want to tell? And then we put together um, an entire strategy for them around the launch and included, you know, seating, um, gifting to our committee and our um, our overall community, which is really powerful, and that reach. So that's an influential you know aspect of what we can do for a brand, and that ultimately, um, once you land in that way, everyone had to come by from Violet Gray. So you know we've done incredible volume with them. You know they're our number one brand off of two SKUs, and all because we had that window and that opportunity. So we have many case studies that we can show to brands to say, look, at this is what happens. This is you know, how we go about kind of helping you set yourself up for future success. Um, and not a lot of other retail partners you know, think about it that way. Um, it always has to be a win-win in order for it to really work. And that's what I'm really focused on, making sure um, that the value to the brands and the value to the customer, you know, customer is obviously number one. And then obviously to our own brand in that moment and that ability for all boats to rise is, you know, the dream. Talk to us a little bit about who that customer is. You know, I think the perception is very LA-centric mm-hmm. or New York-based. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's obviously a prestige, or a prestige kind of premium offering and, you know, has this Hollywood bent to yep. it, too. So does that end up being exclusionary to some people? Who is who is she? You know, um, our our customer right now is you know thirty five to fifty five on average, but we are seeing you know seventeen year olds and seventy year olds. You know people are really getting into skincare younger and younger. You know preventative, you know aging things that, um, especially now that I live in L A. You know <laughs> looking at the world of Botox and um, you know there's a lot of of people looking for alternatives and things that they can do um, as early as possible. And so you're seeing a shift you know in the demographics there. Obviously, with a higher AOV, there is certain limitations to certain members, um, but we're working hard to really focus on, you know, more inclusivity in terms of, you know, the price point offering. At the same time, you know, when you stand for the best, a lot of the best costs money, you know, but people want to understand why, you know, so we have to tell that story. We have to educate. We have to explain why this product is $290 and what it does and what's behind it and who's behind it and does it really work and here's the testimonials and where we have any scientific data to support it, you know, we, we share that. And so it's really about that trust and that integrity. And it's that consumer who, you know, is time starved, wants to just get in and get out. You know, I was in the car with my daughter not too long ago and she said, you know, no disrespect, mom, but why would anyone shop by the gray when you can just go to Sephora? <laughs> so I got to, you know, pitch my 13 year old and really explain to her, like for me, you know, when I need something new, I, I don't know where to go. Right. I'm like, I'm not going to walk into a massive offering of full counter 50 brands and try and figure it out. I don't know 
how those salespeople are incentivized. I don't know if they really have my best interests. You know, you want to know it from a trusted resource, a girlfriend recommendation, your best friend, you know, an editor that you respect, someone you know, like a journalist who knows what they're talking about, someone who does a first person that you relate to. And so for me, that's that trust that I would, you know, if I need a new night cream, I would go to Violet Gray. They've done all that work already. So I don't have to go in and, and smell and open 50 and take a look and try and see the price, read the ingredients, understand who's behind it. Is this really, you know, made, you know, cruelty free or whatever. So for me, that's the difference of like our audience really wants to go somewhere where it's easy, it's fun, it's educational, it's inspiring. You know, we all want to be the better versions of ourselves. And so, you know, we've built a brand around that aesthetic. Um, at the same time, you know, we have top, you know, 20% driving over 50% of our sales. So we have really, really, you know, we call them kind of the um, enthusiasts. It's the people that, you know, shop with us every single month. You know, it's the people that walk into the store every single month. Um, you know, being able to attract more and more, they're your best brand ambassador. You know, they're the ones that go and tell all their friends about Violet Gray experience. And that's where we're seeing kind of that, you know, ripple effect. And so, working really hard to make sure that we're catering to them through service, you know, VIP programs. We do wardrobe um, kind of workshops where they can bring in their makeup bag and we can go through it with them. And, you know, not about selling them anything. It's about helping them understand things that they might eventually want to add. It's amazing, you know, when people really bring everything in from their vanity, how much they actually use. You know, there's a few things that they really, really love and the rest they don't even know how they got it or why they have it or what it does. And so just that education piece and helping them distill it and understand some of the missing holes that they might potentially want to add um, is such an amazing service. It's like the Maria Kondo, you know, Marie Kondo element of, you know, let's clean out your vanity, let's get in there and just get you the best stuff, you know. April, talk to me a little bit about, you know, DDC to retail, because I've heard from many different brands that, you know, your Melrose store is like very high performing and really where a lot of the action is happening um, for them. Mm -hmm. So what can you kind of tell us about that breakdown? And also, like, are you planning on opening more locations? Sure. So we um, our Melrose place is definitely on fire. Um, we, it does about 15 percent of our total for one store. You know, the productivity is crazy. Um, it's, again, attributed to the team, to just the aesthetic of the space. I think Melrose place in general is really a unique spot in L.A. And once you discover it and you kind of start to walk that street and see all the different brands that are there, it's a really cool community. And we've actually worked really hard to establish a bigger community there. We um, literally went door to door and knocked on all the doors and got all the managers and got us all together and just started to talk about, like, you know, how can we you know, help each other? What can we do that we can send a customer over here? We're obviously makeup. You're doing, you know, high end um, wedding dresses. You know, there's a good connection. And so, you know, it comes down to community at the end of the day, always. And the community that we've built, not only on that block, but in the store. And then we host all different kinds of programming events where we've had Barbara Storm come in and do a master class. And we just did an event with Bumble where we had Cassandra and Carol Radswell having, you know, a conversation with the founder of Bumble about, you know, love and loss and, you know, allow people to come in and just experience the space and not a sales moment. You know, it's just really connecting. And I think that's what everyone's looking for, you know, that emotional connection. If we're all looking for that. And, you know, beauty is such an incredible emotional connecting thing to talk about, to share, to share your tips and tricks. And so you see how that impacts even in the store when someone's learning something, people all migrate over to hear the same thing and then they share their tips and it's, it's really powerful. And so um, we definitely want more of those. 
Um, you know, I think there's a huge opportunity in New York and that's on the roadmap. So what we're doing now is taking, you know, the space in LA is amazing, but because it's so small, there's only so much we can really do in there. It houses, you know, 30 people comfortably and we jam, you know, 50, we've had a hundred people in there before, <laughs> um, pouring out into the sidewalk. So we want to have a bigger space where we can really, again, take the Violet Code to the next level in terms of content and, and have our partners, our artists come in um, that are on our committee to create content in there and with us um, to be able to have our brands come and do you know, events or takeovers and really use this as very much an Andy Warhol type factory where you're kind of welcome behind the scenes and, you know, really bringing kind of like, you know, the secret sauce to life and showing how things are curated and how the content is created, you know, people coming and interacting with the product. We we want to build a very kind of Damien Hurst-inspired uh, medicine cabinet that you can interact with, and that would be the thing that we would probably roll out. So, um, you know, we've been working on this for a while, and we are, you know, getting closer and closer to the timeline of being able to open that up. So, um, really exciting, you know, destination. We consider we consider our customers members, just like our committee members, just like our brand partners are members. And this is really a membership space from that perspective, um, where our brands, if they're in town, they can come in and they can hang out in the space. And so, we want to kind of take the same community that's happening all over with the Wings and the Albrights, and you know, even the WeWorks of the world that allow people. You know, that's kind of geared towards entrepreneurs. Obviously, the wing is geared um, specifically towards women. And I've been a member there for many, many years and really understand that power um, to bring the content piece in, the community piece together, the programming piece together, all centered around, you know, again, all of our core pillars. And so it just goes back to this ecosystem. And we've worked so hard over the last few years um, to develop these unique pillars that really are integral to, you know, kind of why Violet Gray is different and what's kind of defensible to the business that we've built. And now it's about opening that up to more and obviously, you know, growing the audience. So when you think about that, I know a lot of this is going to be happening at your own headquarters. Mm -hmm. So tell us about like kind of like the timeline of that and also like what you think like this membership model could be like for a longer term play. Well, we so timeline is, you know, Q4 of this year um, and, you know, we have kind of high level ideas. We're not thinking through kind of a real monetization strategy yet. You know, we're not getting into charging and, you know, it's, it's, we really want people to use the space. Um, there's obviously opportunities as every media property has evolved and, um, you know, access is what everyone wants and there's a certain, you know, premium for certain types of access, but I, you know, we're not there yet. Um, we really just want to bring the customer in, you know, obviously digitally and um, virtually into, you know, the really what goes on here that you may not know when you just walk in and, you know, buy that bought her off the shelf, um, but really understanding like how it got there, why it got there, who helped, you know, approved to put it there, who they are, um, you know, that to me is going to be really, really powerful. And, and honestly, it's you know, humanizing the brand. You know, Violet Gray has this aesthetic, you know, that it's it's super aspirational and really, really cool. And we want to make sure that it's also very um, accessible. Um, when you think about content, how do you think those two things play together? Because right now, you know, it is very premium on the site, whether it's like Rosie Huntington Whiteley or some of the other amazing celebrities that you guys cover. But how do you make that more accessible? Um, you know, I think it's it goes a lot in the writing. Um, so we just hired a new editor in chief. Her name is Ying um, Shu. She came from Glamour and before that Marie Claire. She just did um, a piece of content that went live today with Prabal. Um, Grong and Noor, and it's gorgeous. And if you look at it and you look at it, it's 
him interviewing her. It's about her vanity. It's her wardrobe. And the way it's brought together is through conversation, you know. And I think everybody is relatable once they start talking, um, once they start sharing, you know, um, concerns, you know, things that, you know, they focus on. It's it's that relatability. So you can be a super, superstar and you still are dealing with acne. You know, you can have, you know, things that you're focused on um, in your life that are core aspirational things that are not about beauty at all that really help tell that story that someone who's reading can connect to and I think you know that's the power of content and if especially in the you know the land of YouTube and you know influencers um, Instagram where you know we're all creating the best versions of ourselves and you know beauty allows you to do that to a certain degree and you know I wear a strong red lip it's like the thing that it's like my super you know my Superman wrote or whatever cape where I'm like, okay, not so good. I put it on like, I'm good to go, you know? And that's really the power of beauty. And I think everyone has that thing. And so the more you see people you relate to or people that feel, you know, way out of your realm in terms of celebrity, talking about the things that help them, you know, be the best version of themselves through the content is where I think the, you know, the relationship gets really strong. Talk to us a little bit about that content cadence because, Mm -hmm. you know, we are, you know, so hungry for so much more and more. Mm -hmm. Like between newsletters, Instagram posts, you know, obviously stories on the site that tie back to product. How are you satisfying your brand partners? How are you Mm -hmm. satisfying your own traffic goals? Well, we, you know, it's, yes, we do, you know, we do five emails a week, just like everybody. Um, And then we have a lot for, you know, stories and Instagram. And as like everyone is figuring out, you know, how digestible, um, how much people read and then move on and never look at it again, you know, what's disposable, what really has, I think, staying power. And so the Violet Files is our editorial platform. And that's something that, you know, really set us apart. And that's where we do these bigger um, kind of cover shoots. And, you know, the the activation that went live today is, you know, we consider much more effort put into that type of content. And then we have a lot of really easy conversations with our founders. So we can launch a product. We have all of the information of every person who tested it, their quotes. You know, we get a lot of content through just that process that allows us to kind of seed and feed that out to our audience through stories. the influential aspect of Instagram, you know, we see that people react, you know, we regram amazing content that's already out there, you know, and that's also a part of building community um, from posts that our artists do. We also love, you know, the vintage 60s, 70s, um, Hollywood glamour, um, you know, boys in bathtubs and, you know, kind of from Blondie all the way around. And so, you know, using content in different ways, but it all speaks to, you know, again, our our key aesthetic, which is the thing that I think people find, you know, the most compelling about us. And now we need to get them to convert, right? So it becomes, okay, you're inspired, you've learned something. Now, how do you think of Violet Gray as the place to actually go make that purchase? And so that's what we've been working on is kind of, you know, that art and commerce piece is, you know, everyone's, you know, kind of trying to figure that out. And if you look at all the media properties that are trying to become commerce companies and commerce companies, you know, very much think about into the gloss and glossier. And, you know, they really built this audience um, and then built a brand off that audience. And so we had the commerce piece first. And now, you know, our next step is to introduce Violet products, which is also on the roadmap. And so things that you can only get at Violet Gray, things that are, you know, made in a way that you see how they're made because we're, you know, bringing you now into the behind the scenes, um, using our committee in a unique way in the way that um, Glossier really used their consumer um, in terms of, you know, 
what they liked, what they didn't like. And so we have that ability to do that. Again, kind of going back to all the core pillars and everything that we do going forward comes off of, you know, one of these. How do you think that that um, has grown or changed? You know, that, that, you know, that traffic to the site to then, you know, obviously conversion. What right. can you tell us? Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we have, we have good conversion. Um, I think that, you know, especially with our VIPs, really strong, you know, all the things around email open rates and session time and, you know, how people are interacting with our brand. We see incredible, um, time with our cover stories and any of these kind of first person. So people will spend four minutes on average, you know, reading our content, which is a lot. Um, you know, so we know that they're very engaged and then it's again, a matter of that kind of mousetrap for lack of a better word that kind of brings you in and then connects you in a way that, you know, I trust you and I, I'll, I'll take whatever you think I should have, you know, and that's what we've been working on and being able to use this committee to say like, this is this is in my kit all the time. I love it. It's the best thing out there. This is why I approved it for the Violet, for Violet Gray. Um, you know, that's so powerful. And having that kind of en masse when you have a lot of committee members talking about their favorite things and why they pick them for Violet Gray, um, that's, you know, what we are focusing on to be able to have that not just be us telling you, um, but the people that actually, you know, went through this process with us and them explaining, you know, how they landed on this, what they use it for, you know, why it's been a staple in their kit for the last five years. You know, it's many times not about just the newest stuff. You know, newness represents about 15% of our total. We have a lot of, you know, we have some, obviously the big legacy brands like Tom Ford and Chanel and, um, you know, they have products, obviously, you know, hero products, and that's what we carry from those brands. And sometimes it's just reintroducing an older hero product to a new consumer, um, bringing, you know, stories around things that you don't, they've been on the site forever, but we, you know, it all comes down to you sell what you market. Um, and that's where our brand partners want to get involved to help, you know, grow their business with us and also have us help tell the story of their products. You know, it's much cooler to have someone else say you're cool than you say you're cool. And so, you know, we have that ability regardless of, you know, the I mean, the beauty of beauty is the evergreen component. So the content can also be evergreen. So our content, you know, there are stories that were written two or three years ago that are super, super relevant. It doesn't change because the ingredients haven't changed. What it does hasn't changed. The power that the product has hasn't changed. So we're able to also, you know, I hate to say recycle, but, you know, connect content to a consumer who hasn't been exposed to it yet. When you think about customers, you know, you mentioned before that, you know, you do have a high AOV. I would love to know what it is. (laughs) But, and also retention rate. So... Mm -hmm. You know, is it really about kind of satisfying that core customer, acquiring new customers, whether it be younger or, you know, millennial or Gen Z? Like, what can you kind of share? Yeah, I think it's I think it's all of that. You know, Um, I think definitely being able to, you know, get those people who shopped four times a year to shop six times and the people that have shopped once to shop twice. And so um, from a retention perspective, we're also building out um, a VIP and a loyalty program because, you know, those are your your ambassadors. And the more that they've they enjoy the experience. They share that experience. That's the win. Um, you know, we also really have, you know, high standards for ourselves. And um, in the, the, you know, table stakes of e-commerce, you know, we don't do a lot of the referral programs and the promoting, you know, we don't do any promotions. We have two kind of events a year that we call shopping events and we drive a lot of volume. It's a buy more, get more. And they're very much just because that's how the world works. And, you know, to go up against Black Friday and to go up against Memorial Day, you know, you have to have something. That's just what the customer has been trained to expect. Outside of that, you know, it's really about the access and all the other things that we provide. And so being able to do that more and more um, in a way that really does help her 
um, through kind of like high touch customer service, through opportunities to get early access to products, to even maybe test products. You know, there's ways that we can start to engage her in a different way. Um, and then it's, you know, you're right, LA and New York are our biggest markets. And so being able to talk more to the other cities, you know, but yet there's there's a lot of people in Santa Monica that have never heard of Alec Gray. So, you know, I find that more and more where when, and then when they do find out, they're like, oh my God, how did I not know this existed? And then when they find out, the backstory, they're even more like, I'm sold, I will only shop about the gray. And so that's now really our focus is to make sure that the brand awareness is there and that the education as to like how we're different and what we're doing and why we work so hard behind the scenes is through bringing you behind the scenes. Um, and there's people in this industry that when I explain the Valet Co, they're like, I had no idea that's what it was. And so that's on us, you know, to make sure that, you know, when you see that stamp, like I said, it's like that Rotten Tomatoes, it's the Oprah Book Club, it's the Good Housekeeping Seal of Approval. But you don't know who's behind the good housekeeping seal of approval. You know, you're not, you know, Oprah's behind the book club, um, but you don't, you know, you're not quite sure like who's, who's rating Rotten Tomatoes? Like who are those people? You know, why do I trust you? And so that's really what we want to continue to um, bring to the forefront and, and bring the faces out so that it's again, human connection, emotional connection, trust. And, you know, it's funny. We think about, you know, these iconic brands and what do they really sell? So, you know, Apple, is really about design. You know, Nike is really about empowerment. And, you know, we are really about trust. And I think, you know, we think less about what product can I sell you, but, you know, you trust us to do all this work. Recommendations, you know, like I said, doctors, we want to start to bring more of those kind of lists out. So, um, you know, celebrities have that inside track. We have that inside track, being able to, again, share that with our audience. Um, Obviously, LA and New York, you know, the first to focus on. Um, so there's a lot of really exciting things, you know, happening. And, you know, it's I think we're at this incredible point where we have had, you know, a, built a brand and now it's about accelerating. So last question, April. Um, so I've heard that, you know, obviously Violet Gray is interested in a drugstore edit. Tell us a little bit about that, because, again, the premium offering, right. what's happening? So, you know, we, again, based on we sell trust, um, you know, there's lots of things in our artist kits that are a drugstore. So there, it's less about, you know, do we go after a whole other category or market? It's more about, you know, with the best. And so there's, you know, drugstore eyelashes in there. There's obviously, you know, everyone's got that Maybelline mascara in there. And there's certain hero products that are just have never left their kit. And that's the way we think through this, um, this particular edit. And we have French Pharmacy now. You know, there's things in there that are the micellar water from um, Bioderma that's, you know, $4.50 because it's the best. And um, same thing with different wipes and whatnot. And so it's really, again, filling out those category holes in this vein because people don't shop everything from one brand. People don't shop from one price point. You know, we all love a good deal. Um, and making sure, again, that it's, it is the best. And there's people that can't afford some of the best best, so, but this is the best of you know, this category. So that's something that we're working on for 2020. Perfect. Thank you so much, April. It was great having you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. A special thanks to Gianna Cappadona, the producer of this podcast. If you've been enjoying the Glossy Beauty Podcast, be sure to rate and review our show wherever you're listening. It helps new listeners discover us. And to keep up with all of Glossy's beauty and fashion news, make sure to follow us on social media at Glossy Co. We'll talk to you next week.